sort of think, well, hang on, the general public probably aren't as um, educated as what we have to be. And so we're across every little de detail. And um, so we we've have found that we've had to explain to the customers that obviously um, uh, restrictions mean that we can only have 10 people in one space. Um, it can be a table of 10, you can't mingle, all these sorts of things, you know. So, um, yeah, but I think as, the, as this opening up has gone on, people have understood these rules a bit more than, than what they did initially. Today on Dirty Linen, we are talking to Sean Kears from Ladro, pizza restaurants in Fitzroy and Paran. I wanted to talk to Sean or someone from the Ladro family because I'm getting a lot of people writing to me at the moment or contacting me on social media, letting me know which restaurants they are loving from a COVID safety point of view and which restaurants they're finding somewhat alarming because they don't seem to be following the rules. One of the restaurants that keeps popping up as doing all the right things is Ladro. So I didn't know, you probably don't know that, Sean, but no. people have been telling no. me uh, how well you guys are doing. So I wanted to, um, yeah, I guess, congratulate you and find out what you're doing, why you're doing it, and whether you think it is keeping customers coming back. Well, that's that's great, Danny. Thanks um, thanks for letting me know. And uh, I'm really thrilled about that. Um, um, and uh, I, I think the main reason why that we've been um, active in COVID safe is, is our staff at both places and it's really been driven by them. Um, and I'm really thankful for that, that uh, both our managers, uh, uh, Joe in Paran and uh, James or Jimmy in, uh, in Fitzroy have really put their heads down and uh, from the very start as well um, and uh, done all the research for us, which has been absolutely perfect. So um, I think we started off on the right foot, making sure that we were that we were COVID safe. Um, and uh, I was very lucky that uh, uh, they were able to educate me on it as well. So um, um, yeah, it's been it's been driven by the, by the staff, which I, I think uh, is the best way to do it because then all the other staff get on get on board as well. And um, I think initially it was because of um, the unknown um, and a little bit of um, <clears throat> being sort of scared of what COVID may offer up to everybody. Um, so we, we were we were ultra safe, and you know we were sort of <laughs> we almost sort of barricaded the restaurant um, from the customers <laughs> in that we'd put up tables and chairs and and boxes of wine and and uh, all that sort of stuff, so no one could get past you know two two meters in the front door, and then that's all, all all they could go. So it was sort of like an us and them mentality to actually start with, and and uh, of course we made that look uh, presentable, you know, uh, shop displays and. And, and, and whatnot, but we, we really want to keep it out and the protection of the staff was um, probably one of the main the main things to, to, to start with and then it's just evolved from there. Yeah, I came down to Paran to, um, I mean, I pretended I was there for the pizza and the pizza indeed is excellent, but I was really there for the Negroni in a jar. Um, and when I, when I came in for my uh, undercover Negroni sourcing mission, uh, it was very... Yeah, I mean, it's exactly as you describe. You know, the staff were behind a table. There was no way of getting within 1.5 metres of anybody. Uh, the signage was very clear. And I think you also were one of the first restaurants that I noticed that were doing a sort of drive-by pickup service where, you know, the, the – and, and also I remember um, – 
you guys also making a point of saying that, you know, your pizza did not touch human hands. You know, it was straight from the oven. I mean, obviously hands make it, but then once it's cooked at 400 degrees, it's straight into the box so nobody's touched it. So I guess it was something that was really front and centre of the way that you were positioning yourselves as well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, the, talking about the degrees as well, well, um, you know, it goes up to somewhere, you know, sort of 400-ish degrees and, and um, yeah, nothing's going to survive in that in that temperature, even if it's only for, you know, a couple of minutes as such. So, um, yeah, we, we, we actually thought that that's a really good good message to, to put to people because I think at the very start, um, everyone, and it's so hard to remember back then because it seemed so long ago, but only like yesterday. Amazing. Uh, and um, <clears throat> I think it was just, you know, we just wanted to make our customers feel with the drive up. Um, they, they, everyone had options. They could either come to the shop if they felt comfortable, they could and, and order face to face. They could social distance, of course, um, or they could get on an app and order um, anonymously. Uh, and then when they get to either the restaurants, they could make a call and we could run the food out to them um, and hand it through the hand it through the front window or put in the boot or, or however they wanted to do it. Um, or they could get it delivered as well. Um, so I think having those options really made people feel comfortable that they didn't have to get out of the car, or if they wanted to get out of the car, they could um, they could come out and have a little bit of interaction uh, briefly. And um, we we often found we had great short chats with with people. How you going? You know, you're surviving well, and off they go. You know, um, and um, it was just lovely to see some people get out of the car, come into us. Other people um, want to stay in the car, um, but everyone was really happy and and um, uh, was delighted with what we were doing at the time. So, now, as you've reopened the restaurants for dine-in trade, how have you found that transition? Have you found that your customers are wanting to push the rules or not really understanding the rules, or are you finding that they're grateful for the way that you, you've set up the restaurant and your um, systems of service? Yeah, we've. Um, I think you know we're lucky uh, as you know that we had that rehearsal dress rehearsal um, in June for that short period of time and um, we we were able to you know almost nail it then I think um, obviously there's a few little things that we needed to improve on um, uh, but this time round um, it's been an onslaught and uh, it's been from zero to a hundred in you know faster faster than a Ferrari <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's just been amazing and um, we've just made sure that we've really spaced our tables out more than what they had to. I mean, you don't have a choice really because you've you know you've only can have ten in a space. Uh, even outdoors as well, we've um, we've got extra space that we can use. Um, in Fitzroy, we've been given some extra footpath as well as some car spaces at the front. We haven't actually put furniture in the car spaces because we just wanted to ease into it. Um, it's more of a long game, I think, rather than a short game. And um, <clears throat> we're lucky that we can use the car spaces out the front in Gertrude Street until. March the 31st and in Paran um, we've been very lucky that the council has allowed four restaurants in that area to um, close the road uh, in front of our, our in front of our spaces um, where we can have extra pe people as well so we haven't actually used um, full potential of those spaces as such and and that, that that's because um, we just wanted to ease into it and make sure that we we're doing things correctly um, and we've had to say no to a lot of people. Um, you know, we've had waiting lists, which we haven't had for a long time in the restaurant. Um, you know, all that, all that sort of stuff. So it's been, um, it's been really hard for the staff to manage. Um, but everyone's been fantastic. Most people have been really good. Um, 
we've got a new ordering system, a um, uh, audit table system, and that's had its uh, teething problems as well. Um, and you know, we explain these things to people, and everyone generally has been absolutely great with the with the whole system. So. Um, there have been the customers who ring up and say, oh, can I get, I hear you can have 20 people, can we have a table of 20? Um, and um, we, we're, to start with, we're a little bit, huh, what do you mean? No one, you can't have a table of 20, there's no way, this is what we think to ourselves. Uh, but then we sort of think, well, hang on, the general public probably aren't as um, educated as what we have to be. And so we're across every little de detail. And um, so we we've, have found that we've had to explain to the customers that obviously um, uh, restrictions mean that we can only have 10 people in one space. Um, it can be a table of 10, you can't mingle, all these sorts of things, you know. So, um, yeah, but I think as the pandemic, as this opening up has gone on, people um, now have, understand, have understood these rules a bit more than, than what they did initially. Well, I think, you know, perhaps we're getting there, but I think there are a lot of uh, restaurants that, f whether it's um, flagrant or inadvertent, they are also not understanding that you can only have 10 people in one space. There are a lot of restaurants who, who seem to think it's 20. Uh, it's really interesting, Sean, to hear you say that you think it's a long game because what I'm seeing from some businesses is that they want to pack people in, they really want to have some money flowing through the tills. And you can, of course, understand that desperation to, you know, gear your business back up again. But I feel like, you know, if you if you really do see it as a, as a long game, then you would also have in your mind that we really don't want a third wave and we really don't want to shut down again. So, I mean, how are you sort of thinking about that? Well, um, I... Um the start of the pandemic when we shut down and, you know, um, I think I coped all right. Um, then we opened up again and, and I was a bit sort of nervous about how it was going to go and, and whatnot. And then we shut down again and, and I found that incredibly distressing because um, not just for myself but for the staff, um, they had sort of waited so long to get back to work and um, not everyone was on JobKeeper. Um, we had some staff who were just doing three or four hours a week um, and uh, it was very difficult for them. So to, they were so excited when we came back in June um, to open up and then when we had to close again, it was just, you could just sort of see the life just, everyone was just sort of deflated. It was just so deflating. We had to go back to what we were doing but before and, um, you know, it was quieter and there wasn't as much excitement about it and, you know, there's a big excitement about the first the first time round, and you know you've obviously touched on that with um, with uh, other people in your in your podcast series. And um, so this time round, I'm really conscious that I don't want that to happen again. So we just want to make sure that that we're doing what we can. And yes, I see other operators doing things. Um, and you know, being in the industry, you don't want to go up to them and say, "Hey, what are you doing?" You know. Um, it's 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 a very difficult thing to to actually do. I need to be the local cop, or do I just need to concentrate on what I'm doing and what we're doing and do it and do it well? Um, you know, we we had um, inspectors come around to Gertrude Street last night um, just to make sure that we were we were doing doing the right thing. They weren't wanting to find anyone. They just wanted to make sure that we understood what the rules were. You know, we've been open for a week now, um, which was great. So I'm I'm hoping that there's um, 
more compliance people out there just walking around and chatting to people and saying, hey, it's not a metre and a half between the tabletops, it's a metre and a half between the backs of, 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 of people, the chairs as, as such, you know, that, that sort of stuff. Um, you know, the outdoor rules are 50 people, but you don't have to get 50 people in this small space. You can only, you should only get this amount of people in the space that you have. Maybe it's 20, maybe it's, it's, it's 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 whatever you know. So, who who were the officers? Like, were they from where were they from? Oh, look, I'm not sure. I wasn't there. Um, just my my manager um, just told me earlier today. Actually, um, just when I just on a on a on a debriefing. So I'd imagine they were from um, the Department of Health. I would imagine. Yeah, I don't I don't think they'll get from the council, but um, they on the night they had signage as well for you know. Do you need any more signage? Can we can we help you set it up and all all that sort of stuff? They're really helpful. So um, yeah, which is which is great because I haven't seen anyone at all throughout this um, pandemic at all come in to inspect anything. You know, I mean, there's thousands of places out there as such. You know, so um, yeah, yeah, I, it, it was it was it was really good to see. So um, yeah, I was happy. I was happy for that. Yeah. I mean, do you feel sort of I guess disgruntled as a, as a business owner when people create? an uneven playing field by uh, putting more people into their venue than they should? Yeah, totally. But, I mean, it's not just that. It's the, the whole um, wage issue as well and all that sort of stuff. You know, there's a lot of um, unfair playing field things out there, you know, and, and you can look at it and from afar and um, uh, I think you've just got to look at what you're doing in your own business and, and, and just work on that and make sure... You know, don't don't worry about what's happening next 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 door as such. So so I mean, unless it's blatantly uh, ruining the the area as such, you know. Um, there, 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 look, there 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 was a an a um, an incident in the first opening <clears throat> where on Gertrude Street um, there was some festivities happening on the on the street from other traders, and um, I just stood. It was a Saturday afternoon, a beautiful Saturday winter afternoon, and something was happening down the road. And you know, the the person who was, um, you know, this, playing some music was sort of joking. Oh, you've got to keep one and a half meters apart. And you know, there's fifty people outside the shop, and I'm just like, oh, really? You know. And then happened up the road from us again, and and um, I had to go and say something. I said, look, this is this is just not right. You know. Um, and then the police came along, which was great. And they broke it up and, and and whatnot, you know. But yeah, there was just that feeling in the air that we've beaten this, you know. And then um, I think nine days later, we we're back into second lockdown, and uh, I was like, mm, I could sort of see that was that was going to happen. But this time round, it seems to be a little bit different. Um, I think traders are most of them are trying to do the right thing, um, and whether it's a misunderstanding or not, um, I know that the the rules didn't come out until you know the last minute, the eleventh hour. Um, and so it was a little bit hard to know, you know, can we have one person per two square metres or one person per four square metres outside and little things like that um, and the information is not as readily available. You have to dig, you have to, to dig for it as such, you know, um, and it's, uh, the onus is put back on the operator rather than saying, well, here's from whoever you get it from, here's the here's the, uh, the information sheet, it's right here in front of you, you know. Um, but yeah, you have to go and find the information yourself, you know. So um, yeah, 
Well, you're absolutely right. And, I mean, I guess you, you mentioned you've got these engaged staff members at each restaurant which are have sort of taken that role on. A lot of businesses would be, wouldn't have someone who is in that position, perhaps, you know, as people who um, whose first language isn't English. Obviously, you know, it's more challenging, uh, yeah, less experienced operators. So there are all kinds of, I guess, barriers or things that make it more difficult for some people to understand the rules and then and then to apply them. Um but yeah, it's uh, I just I I feel like Melbourne, you know, better than anywhere else in Australia should understand what the stakes are. Oh yeah, and, I, and, and look, I'm hoping I'm hoping that's that's um, going to continue as well throughout summer, and that we really do need to be um, mindful of what's going on and how lucky we are. We've been incredibly lucky, um, you know, with us being able to get the numbers down um, politically. You know, it's difficult to comment on, but just the way that everyone's buckled down and done the right thing and, you know, six days in a row with um, zero figures and, you know, I don't think we can be complacent. I think we just need to say, okay, we need to keep this going and, and um, you know, aim for the end of summer to still be really low, you know. And um, I think the worst the worst thing is, to, for me anyway, um, is that to go back into a third lockdown uh, would just be horrendous and I think um, it'd be terrible for a lot of other people as well you know um, we've been we're at Ludra we've been so lucky that we've been able to you know pivot if you want to call it that we've always offered takeaway so it wasn't that hard for us to to reimagine what we had to do but I feel for those businesses that um, didn't have that opportunity that 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 we've had you know, the, just the food we do is is, is okay for takeaway you know and um, some little little coffee shops and you know, the, the, those other businesses um, who were saying before that maybe English isn't a first language, you know, how do they survive? How did they survive? How have they survived um, through this? And I can understand them wanting to say, oh, look, we just got to, we just got to get the money. We, we haven't had any support from the government whatsoever. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, a very difficult, um, it's a big melting pot really, you know, of, um, of emotions and uh, of them just being desperate to, grab the money so you can sort of you can understand it you know but it's not it's not the right way to go so absolutely so Sean uh through that enormous grind that was lockdown number two how did you keep yourself sane personally well on a couple of different levels luckily we had a a initiative called um smart meals which was um um dreamed up a concept brilliant concept um put into action by street smart and a guy adam robinson uh was the main guy behind that and just briefly, Smart Meals, um, um, Adam thought that he could use unused restaurant spaces or, you know, uh, that weren't being used to their full potential to produce uh, meals for homeless. Um, so there was some funding coming to the restaurant um, to produce um, meals daily to then give to a, a, an agency who would then distribute them to either um, homeless people in hospital, I mean, sorry, in, in hotel um, accommodation or to people just off, off the street. So that was one thing and, and I was able to engage every day by delivering that food um, to um, St Mary's House of Welcome on Brunswick Street. What was that like? Look, it was fantastic and um, fantastic in the way that um, I learnt a lot more about um, what's actually going on out there uh, during this pan- pandemic and the amount of meals that... Um, they were receiving, they have gone from a charity support, um, homeless support agency to a distribution centre 
and they were distributing, you know, thousands of meals a day to um, to hotels uh, for the homeless, as well as um, they used to see probably 40 people a day who would come through their doors to about 120. Um, so it tripled, and um, you know, the social workers there who were able to um, get get through the daily grind of of dealing with these people, and and they. Even the social workers thought that look is great that we've got something to do, we've got something to focus on. So, all these things that's happening underneath that we don't necessarily see on a on a on a day to day level was um, quite inspiring to actually to actually be involved with. It was great to be involved with um, there's a chef there, Dougie, um, who um, who was welcoming and always had feedback, and um, everyone was really cheerful and and I think they were really happy that they were able to get in there and, and contribute to what was going on. Um, underneath the underneath the pandemic and, and that sort of thing had to keep on going, you know. Um, so it was great to be involved in that. But um, um, and then the other great thing about Smart Mills as well is that it also helped our couple of our temporary visa holder chefs in, in Gertrude Street to um, uh, a, have somebody to get up for every day, come come to work, um, you know, make uh, some takeaway food, but then at the end of the shift prepare, you know, um, 80 or 90 meals for the next day for me to take um, up to um, St Mary's House of Welcome in the morning. So that was great, being, being a support to them as well. And um, that was, that was um, uh, you know, it was great to be involved in, in, in that initiative. Um, it was such a clever scheme, oh, right, just to create that triangle so of, of assistance where, yeah. it, you know, it's so simple but it is so clever and, um, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it just does good at every level. Like I love those things where they t- they have a few different touch points and they just leave a little bit of goodness and sparkle uh, at each at each of them. It's just yeah, really really excellent. And I guess also I'm sure you know you get a bit of perspective on the the troubles of the restaurant industry, which are you know not to be diminished. But when you then you know realise that there are people who are who are homeless who are doing it even tougher, I'm sure that. Uh, yeah, just I guess lets you shine a bit of a different light on things. Yeah, I mean that as well. We're, we, you know, we've been the restaurant industry has been hit hard, um, and you know I just looked at other you know our suppliers who you know their their trade was also diminished by you know 60, 70, 80 percent, maybe even more. Um, you know the the baker, the the the, the milkman, um, you know, the butcher, the fruit and veg guy, all these people. Um, all that you know, we've all had long-term relationships with, and um, uh, so it was great to be able to support them as well. You know, we had to buy stuff for Smart Meals. Um, we still have to buy produce to to for our takeaway um, and heat at home menus and and whatnot. So um, it was great to be able to think well through Smart Meals in some way. I'm still helping down the chain as well, you know, and um, because I don't, a lot of suppliers haven't been talk, talked about, you know, um, even landlords and, you know, we've, we've, we're lucky we've got a great landlord in, in Fitzroy who's been really, really supportive and um, so, but even she was hurting, you know, so, um, um, yeah, it, 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 it's, 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 it's a, I suppose the smart meals in that area is, has allowed me to sort of think about all these other pe- people as well. Normally in the restaurant, you yeah. go, oh, yeah, you know, God, the butcher's calling to for, for me to give me some money again, you know, God, you know. But <laughs> you turn around <laughs> the other way going, oh, my God, I really have to pay this bill, you know. And it's 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 made me it's made me think a little bit differently about the whole supply chain and, and the amount of um, – 
the amount of people that the restaurant industry supports it's it's quite amazing you know and it, that, but that's not just the restaurant industry there's every industry the 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 support that goes into that is and the the inf- infrastructure underneath it all is is um is way more sophisticated and complicated than i think i've ever give, given real thought to you know so um oh that's so interesting yeah. so it's sort of like a, a woke a, a compassion in you yeah well i look yeah, I, I think you know with with Street Smart, we've been involved with Street Smart for seventeen years or, or sixteen years or, or or something, you know. And and I said to Adam, Adam, what, why did you just pick Live Journey? He said, Look, you've been one of our longest supporters in Melbourne, so it just sort of seemed right that we that we did pick you. And it's only going to be for four to six weeks anyway. This is what he said back to me at the end of March. <laughs> he said, It's only going to be for four to six weeks, and then you know um, he emailed me, you know, start of October. And he said, Look, Sean, I'm really sorry, but it's going to have to end at the end of September, uh, end of October, and I'm just like, man, look, I'm so grateful. This has just been the best experience um, for the restaurant and for me. Um, that hey, I would have been happy with four to six weeks, but this has just been, just been brilliant, you know. So, um, it, you know, during that seven month period, it, it really did give me a a time to reflect because we had to slow down, you know. Um, uh, there wasn't, we weren't. I mean, there's a lot of rushing around, but you know, once you had things sort of set. Um, you could sort of just get back into a daily rhythm and and think about these things and and whatnot. So uh, yeah, yeah, you know. Well, one one thing that you've become expert at is dealing with change. And um, on the weekend, we're going to have another announcement of the next easing. And it feels like with all these days of zero cases, that Melbourne and Victoria are in, are in a pretty good place to take the next step. Um, how do you like how do you think about that is it like are you kind of like dreading that you have to get your head around something else or are you looking forward to more easing does it make you nervous like what's what kind of emotions do you have yeah i'm 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 sort of i'm not dreading it i'm i'm a bit you know i know what happened last time is that you know we we went from 20 people we were talking about 20 people inside to maybe 50 or something if you had the space for it and and whatnot you know it wasn't going to affect us really because we didn't have the the big spaces that that some that some venues have but um yeah i I suppose with a little bit of trepidation but um still very excited that we're able to utilize more of our space um but also a bit nervous as well because there's the issue of of um you know um the staff and i know that in the last seven days it's been very stressful for them um just to get systems up and running and a new ordering system in paran um, and all the teething problems that actually come come with it, um, and then sort of then the sort of next influx of, of people wanting Christmas parties and whatnot because that's that's starting to happen now, and we've been able to um, sort of fend them off a little bit at this stage by, um, um, you know, people want to book and people want to come to us, and it's just absolutely fantastic, and we're so grateful that people want to support us. Um, but we've been able to sort of say, look, we, we can't guarantee anything because we just don't know what's ahead of us. We don't know um, how many people we can have in here. We don't know what the table sizes are. We don't know what the the regulations will be. What are the distancing rules? What are the, you know, um, I don't even know whether we can have recorded music in here so you can get up and dance and all that sort of stuff. You know, there's all these things that we have taken for granted in, um, in the past um, that... Uh, yeah, so I think we're just going to take it slowly again and, and um, um, you know, we don't have to have that amount of people in the restaurant, um, you know, it'd be our choice. Um, but I'm, I'm sure we will because 
and we want to welcome pe people back back in. Um, so it'll be interesting just to hear what they have to say. I, I, I'm I'm not really across what may or may not happen. So um, um, I'd imagine we might go up to twenty people in a space um, if we've got the size for it. I don't know. Is that your understanding? Well, I don't know. Because I don't think so because regional they just went they went to forty people altogether, but still t only ten in a space. So I feel like the change on Sunday will be to align metro and regional. Uh, so that won't make any difference to a lot of businesses simply because they don't have various spaces. But, you know, that's a hunch. I guess when we had the last easing, we hadn't had all these days of zero. But I don't know. I just I just feel, uh, I feel nervous having seen, you know, crowded restaurants, crowded beaches, um, people not uh, taking, I don't know, just a, a bit of a vibe of, well, I guess parallel vibes. One vibe is, it's over. We've done it. Let's party. And the other one is that more um, slow and steady. This is where you sanitize. This is the QR code. This is where you put your mask. Like, so I feel like there's there's a real divergence in um, how people are dealing with things. And I really I'm really heartened to hear that you had someone come around to Ladro and and in, you know with a positive frame of like how can we help you do the right thing. I think that's fantastic. Um, and hopefully there's a lot of that happening around the city and that the people will, I guess, fall into line and, and do the right thing uh, in uh, before the cases, you know, sort of start to run away because, of you know, we keep hearing that there's going to be virus still in the community. Uh, and, of course, there are people coming in uh, to the city, you know, whether they're, uh, I don't know, like flight crew, freight people, um, yeah, and soon there'll be people, uh, yeah, people can come over the border and that'll only increase continue so I yeah I hope that the compliance um catches up to uh situation well you know I, I suppose I just want to reinforce to to everyone that it's a long game it's not the short game if we if, I think if we look at it as a short game it's going to be a short game I think we look at it we need to look at it as, as a as a long game um and if we do take it slowly be conservative um look after everybody then uh, hopefully we'll, we'll we'll be okay, you know, so. Um. Very wise words. Well, thank you so much, Sean. It's really amazing to have a chat to you um, and to get your perspective. I certainly wish you all the best with Ladro and, uh, yeah, feeding Melbourne some great pizza and pouring some great Negronis. Yes. Well, Danny, um, thank you very much. And I've really enjoyed your podcast series throughout the, uh, the, the pandemic. And um, I, I marvel at your energy and um the, the amount of projects you're getting yourself involved in. So uh, I think you've been a, um, a, a wonderful champion for the, for the hospitality. And I know that you love food and restaurants and, and it probably seems easy for you. Um, but um, I just want to thank you and, and um, uh, uh, just to let you know that we're out there and we're, we're um, enjoying your podcast and uh, uh, everything that you're doing for the restaurant industry. So thank, thank you. Thank you so much for saying that, Sean. I'm super embarrassed now, but it is because I love restaurants no, and um, I love, yes, I love Melbourne. I love Victoria. <laughs> I love Australia. I love restaurants and um, I'm really glad that uh, I can get back into them now. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Chat soon. I'll see you for a sneaky Negroni. <laughs> Deal. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, 
hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Weeds production.